It's showtime. Showtime. Welcome to the party, pal. Welcome to the Salt and the Smoke Cigar Cast. I'm Drew, joined by Mo. Hello. <laughs> and Moo Cow Rich. Bring in the bowl. And we've got Vince on from B&B Cigars in Philadelphia tonight. Hey, guys. How you doing? He's <laughs> got the Philadelphia down. <laughs> we, uh, so, so Vince is joining us in, in how, well, last time we podcasted, which I think was still the Obama administration, uh, <laughs> we had talked about, uh, bringing on Vince and, and potentially Miguel later on to talk about the broker piece, Vince to talk about the retail. And, uh, here we are, we got Vince to join us and, uh, we're really excited about that. Uh, so Vince, why don't you, so how this all came to be was we went to, I was visiting, uh, the Philly, New Jersey, New York area with, uh, with our broker, Lasha Beta NY on uh, Instagram. His name is Miguel. Stop off at B&B, uh, finally meet Vince for the first time, who has, uh, you know, supported us since the Sultan days, like since when, when we released Sultan to smoke cigars. And, um, and so we start BSing, and he gives me crap about us not doing a podcast very regularly. So I said, well, how would you like to be on it? And he said, absolutely. And so here we are. Vince, would you like to talk a little bit, give us a little background on, uh, on what you do out in Philly? Well, really just sit around BS and smoke cigars. That's about it. Right. I, I knew it. No, uh, it's a... Uh, We've got a, I mean, Mo's seen our shop. It's, you know, not very large. Uh, it's, I call it a glorified janitor's closet. Uh, but it's in the Chestnut Hill area of Philadelphia, which is an older, established, industrial slash gilded age area with some really cool historic homes and big Victorian mansions and everything. And But uh, I was a customer here for years and uh, was looking for a part-time job got asked if I'd be interested in joining the, the staff here. And then within three months was working here full time while I was still doing my other full time job. And then about six months after that was asked if I'd like to run the shop. So here we are three and a half years later, uh, you know, right at this point, we're probably 60% boutiques, 40%, you know, major, larger brands. But it's been great, man. I love it. Love the people. Love the customers. You know, it's just the people I've met in the industry are fantastic for the most part. I added for the most part. Yeah. But, uh, <laughs> you know, it's it's just great. I mean, I, I just love educating people about cigars, learning new things myself. I've had some great staff working with me along the way, which unfortunately I've lost the last three of them in a row to other companies in the cigar industry within the last seven months, but hey, what are you going to do? That's nature of the beast. Yeah, you've got a hell of a minor league system there, it looks like. Yes. Right? Uh, you're you're uh, raising the prospects and then people are nabbing them. So. Exactly. It's like the WWF always rating the smaller independent uh, wrestling organizations years ago. <laughs> yeah. That's great. Um, Vince, tell us uh, so, having been to your shop, you guys do, and so I guess one thing for everybody is, look, it, it's always great to have different retailers from different areas of the country. You know, we've had Jeff, uh, who runs Plastic Cigars in Tulsa. Some may or may not feel Jeff is a legitimate manager. Uh, <laughs> for, for worse, he's got the title. Um, and then having Vince on from a shop, you know, halfway across the country is really cool, too. So, Vince, tell us, your shop is, you do really well with uh, Romacraft, Black Label, um, some of the some of that type of stuff, right? Yes, sir. Yeah, Black Label and Romacraft are our two biggest selling brands in the store. And you guys recently just had a Black Label event, didn't you? Yes, we did, yeah. Cool. yeah October 20th. Goes. Fantastic. I mean, it was our biggest event ever. Oh, nice. Did, uh, Which, uh, did James or Ben to, come up for that? Go ahead. Yes. Yeah, he, if you average it out, he's here every six months or so for an event. Awesome. Oh. 
So we have a great working relationship with James and Angela and Skip and Mike at Romacraft. They're just good people. And that's one thing I love about the, you know, the smaller boutique companies that these guys are hands on. You know, they yeah. are they are available to talk to you just about any time you need to talk, you know, and if they're busy at that time, they make sure they get back to you. Yeah. And it's just the relationship aspect of that in, you know, you really as a retailer, it makes you want to support the companies like that more, mm-hmm. you know, than just, you know, going on a website with, you know, while I love our general rep, he's a great guy, but you know, you go on a website and, you know, place your order and it shows up in three days and, you know, you know, you, you see them because of how many accounts they have. You see them, you know, every two, three months or even, you know, sometimes less than that. But, mm-hmm. you know, the, the way these guys, I mean, even with, you know, with Roma, without having a without having a sales force, I mean, I'm routinely in contact with Skip and Mike and now Danny Vasquez down there all the time. And Danny's an awesome dude. Oh, Danny's that's such, that's such a such a huge pickup for them and that's got to be the free agent pickup of the year he he really is a good guy and uh hopefully he won't hear this before his baby's born but i've been hoarding some of his cigars here from the voyage and uh, i'm gonna send him a nice little care package for the birth of the baby awesome man yeah so most most cigar shops make their living off of those sort of larger lines, and then they have some boutiques in there too. How did you guys end up cultivating a like a customer base that wants the boutique stuff? How does that work? Well, it was. I mean, me personally, I was a boutique cigar smoker when I got here. I've been. I started smoking cigars right before my wedding in 1989, mm. and uh, just fortunately, the the Brian who owns the shop. Uh, you know, also loves boutique cigars and, uh, he just gave me the leeway to do, you know, to do what would work, what I thought would work with our customer base. Mm-hmm. And I was looking at, I mean, you can't bring every brand in. We try as right. much as we can to support, you know, everybody that we feel that our customers will, you know, purchase the cigars and continue purchasing the cigars. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it doesn't do us or the brand owners any good if we bring a smaller brand in. People may try it once, or it's, then it just sits. Yeah. That doesn't do good for anybody. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, it was just actually educating people and, you know, a lot of times saying, look, you know, with our better, you know, with the customers that are here all the time, just saying, look, this time, you know, we've got this new cigar in. I really think it'll be right in your wheelhouse. I'm going to give you one this time to try. And if you like it, come back and buy it. It's a great company, great people. You know, they would really appreciate your support. And it, I mean, it has worked, I'd say, at least eight out of ten times that we've done it. Wow. It sounds like a lot of, like, work and intentional work on your end to make sure that it works out pretty well. Definitely. I mean, and then you've got the social media aspect of it, too, with you know, these very large Facebook groups and the, you know, the boutique guys with all their following. And I mean, it really is, you know, I literally spend three to four hours a day, Facebook, you know, Twitter, Instagram doing, you know, well, Frank, my part-time employee handles the Instagram part, but the interaction on Facebook with guys all over the country, non men and women nonstop, uh, really, Social media has really been a blessing to the industry because you can get the word out and people about different, you know, cigars that are coming out and what's Mm -hmm. hot, what's new, you know, and then the fact that customers can interact with the brand owners, the blenders and things really has been a a real boon to the industry, in my opinion. Uh Yeah. And and don't let... Don't let Vince fool you. He's like, oh, it's a janitor closet. All right, <laughs> relax. First of all, your selection is one of the best I've seen. I mean, you have some really damn good cigars. So, uh, and you've got a full lounge. Right? Yeah, well, it's kind of small, but it's, uh, <laughs> but it's uh, yeah, we try. I mean, like I said, I've 
done the best I could. I mean, I wish I had more, you know, double the retail space. We could bring more brands in, but really, really try to uh, make sure that everything we carry in the shop is something that's actually moving and something that the customers like. And, uh, you know, there have been cigars that they've, you know, that had been tried in the past before I got here that did okay for a while, then fell off the face of the earth, which I didn't understand why it would do that. Say Crown Heads, for instance. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It was dead when I got here. Mm -hmm. So much that they had really discontinued it. You know, I didn't understand it. So, you know, Miguel, who's the, uh, Miguel Chaudel, who is the national sales manager now, is a good friend. And, you know, we've relaunched it, bought everything back in. It's doing great. Same thing with EPC. You know, I mean, it. yes, disclaimer, their, their sales rep in the area now was my former part-time employee that I'm very good friends with. But, uh, <laughs> you know, cigars are moving, like, you know, very well. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, it really is intentional. It's definitely intentional. Yeah, I feel like EPC is one of those brands that it doesn't get a whole lot of hype a lot of the time. But man, that those cigars just seem to sell everywhere they are. I don't know. Yeah, I mean the 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 Cardinal Impact Maduro that they have is an excellent upper medium bodied cigar. I mean, it really is a good cigar, and the yeah, customers I, have taken to it. You know, it's funny. I was I was at. Um, I stopped by, so I was traveling this past week in Southern California and stopped by um, Small Batch, Macklemar, and met with Andrew, uh, who runs their site, and uh, and we were sitting down, one of the customers smoking uh, an eat safe cigar, and we just started talking about it, and, and we said, and pretty much everybody in the room was in agreement, that EP... E.P. Carrillo might be not only the most underappreciated person in the industry, but also the, his brand and his cigars, because they're, they're very, very good cigars, and you don't hear enough about them. Yeah, and even uh, we've I've talked about that even around here, that they're tough to find a lot of times here, but when you do find them, everybody scarfs them up. But, uh, I, and I don't know what the, what's wrong with the shops here. What's not, I don't know. I don't know what's going on with them, but, uh, they're tough to find here and there and then they'll come around for a bit and then they're tough to find again. And yeah. And then another one that we've got that's, uh, been picking up steam. Mo will be upset about this for these little brands, uh, Mumbacho and Patina, <laughs> which, uh, have been doing really well. I'll tell you, the Patina Connecticut is one of the better Connecticut's I've had. Yep. It really is a damn good cigar. Yep, no doubt. And Mumbacho, I've never had a bad Mumbacho the years I've been smoking them. Thank you, sir. <laughs> um, we, you know, it, it's tough to, uh, it, it, Vince brings up a good point, even from my retail days. And, we, you know, we call it kind of humidor Tetris, right? Where you're trying to figure out what fits in your shop, what doesn't, what you can move around and bring something in if there is something that you feel would be nice to have in your humidor. Um, and, and it's just such a balance. You know, I remember, uh, Drew, you just brought up, like, sometimes I can find them, sometimes I can't. Well, that's, that's not all the shop's fault, right? Oh, yeah. Um, it could be there's a transition in their representation. Uh, that could be they choose not to, you know, let's say that somebody wants EPC in Oklahoma has to buy it through somebody who's like a rep that doesn't really travel to Oklahoma that often. Yeah. Um, so there's like a million things that go into it, I guess. And it's funny because the hardest thing is trying to reach those areas in the country where you don't really have a lot of representation and um you know that that's part of it too and i feel like if guys are really serious about having a brand at at a certain shop that they go to they really just got to keep bugging the guy who makes the decision he's like dude and then 
not only that, but in, in how you've done this, where you follow it up with a For example, you go to Jeff, right? Or a customer goes to Vince and says, look, I really love these EP historians. If you bring in, if you bring them in, you could put me down for a box. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah, because you don't want to yep. you don't you don't want to recommend a thing and then just be like, all right, I'm going to buy two of it. Right? That screws <laughs> right. that guy out. Like, oh, cool. happens all the time. <laughs> I, I know it's not cool though, man. It's awful. So, you know, it's like if you're a consumer and you're really serious about having your shop carry a brand that they don't uh, carry at the present, you know, push them and put your commitment behind. Hey, if you bring it in. I'll buy a box myself. Mm-hmm. So, and then we'll, we'll, buy that what, box. Right. What we'll do too is if we've got, you know, a, a good customer that, you know, wants a certain cigar from a certain brand that we really don't think will sell, you know, to the general public, what we will do then is we we're blessed that we have a, a you know a large uh, storage humidor downstairs. So we'll just bring it in and we'll just keep it downstairs. And when he comes in, I'll grab two or three of them for him and we'll just do it that way. Hmm. But there's probably about six or seven customers that we do that with on a regular basis. That's pretty cool. You got to so, keep them happy. <laughs> yeah. Vince, what do you, um, so obviously, and for anybody who hasn't been to Philadelphia, the, the cigar scene out there is absolutely fantastic. If you're mm-hmm. a, if you're an enthusiast, Philadelphia is one of the best places to be if you're a cigar guy, in my opinion, in the entire country. Um, Vince, what do you think makes Philly so unique? And, and I get the taxes, but other than that, um, or lack of taxes, I should say. But other than that, what really uh, do you make the Philadelphia cigar scene so special? That's a tough one. I think one of the things we're blessed with is the population density. So you have, you know, the density of the shops, which then will give you a higher percentage of shops that are, you know, that carry quality cigars. Uh, We're just fortunate. We've got some great shops. Mo's right. We really, really do. There are some guys around and the owners are just fantastic people. And uh, we're, we're most, for the most part, we're all friends. We all talk to each other, hang around with each other when we can, travel with each other to Nicaragua. Uh, but yeah, we just we are really blessed. Uh, but we we do have a lot of informed consumers too, consumers that really know. You know, there are guys that walk in the door that, you know, you would swear that they work at another shop from their, you know, from their knowledge, but they. Uh, yeah. They just, if they're, we're fortunate that these guys, if they're going to spend, you know, top dollar for a cigar, they want to make sure they're getting a quality cigar and they've researched it before they come in. Mm-hmm. And, but yeah, we do have a plethora of, of just really fantastic shops within, you know, 20, 25 miles of the city and in the city. And, it's just, it really is a blessing if you're, a, if you're a consumer. And, and on top of that, you know, if you're, if you're a person who doesn't live, let's just say, in a heavily populated area, you know, when somebody says to you, there's 10 shops within 25 miles, you're like, what? How does that work? But, you know, you know, when you live in a highly populated area, it does work. And believe it or not, there's very little crossover, even between those shops. And it's just kind of weird how that happens. Yeah. Um, everyone's kind of got their base clientele within how that works. When you, right, I mean, there, yeah, there's not a ton of crossover. There's some, you know, because even with the the shops to carry boutique brands, you know, not everybody can fit everything, and it's amazing how you know just ten miles can make a difference between brands that sell extremely well and brands that do just okay at a shop, you know, ten miles away. And, uh, but yeah, we've, you know, there's some crossover, but it's, you know, I don't look at it as competition. I just look at it as servicing the customer, giving them, you know, they may be, 
you know, working in a certain part of the city or a certain suburb and they forgot their cigar. So they drop in and they say, hey, I usually shop at this, you know, X, Y, B shop or, you know, but I'm in the area, I want to drop in. And then now we say, hey, tell, you know, whoever it is, I said, hello, you know, we're friends. Tell them I said hi. Mm-hmm. And uh, the customers usually appreciate that, that it's not, you know, that we're not cutthroat and, you know, consider ourselves competitors. We consider ourselves friends. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, the hardest thing when you're trying to sell cigars is when you run into that situation where, well, if you sell to that guy, you can forget about me. Oh, shit. Here we go. You know, that, <laughs> and it's from a consumer perspective, too. Um, ultimately, the consumer doesn't want to hear about your rivalry with another shop, in my opinion. Exactly. You know, um, I think that that's kind of like, I don't know, just not something that I used to like when people would ask my opinions about other shops. Like, dude, they do what they do, we do what we do, you know? Well, sometimes I'll surprise them when they ask for an opinion and you can tell that they have a negative opinion of their own. Mm-hmm. I'll just say, yeah, I think it's a great shop. I was just there Sunday. Right, you know, yeah. Sitting down <laughs> having a cigar. Mm-hmm. Because I do that. I was just at a shop on uh, Saturday down in yep. Jersey that friends of ours own. You know, I had some extra time before a family party, so I dropped in for an hour, said hello, and, you know, sat and gabbed. That's mm-hmm. awesome. So one thing I love about this industry and what I love about cigars is bringing people together, the people that you meet and get to talk to and socialize with it normally in everyday life you would never get a chance to meet mm-hmm. yeah i agree and we've talked before about how surprisingly like almost none of them suck you know like you sit down and smoke a cigar with somebody and it's like all right this person's pretty cool pretty much every time yeah, yeah. i'd say nine out of ten times that's definitely the case yep um one of the things that i think really fascinated me this past week that came out uh, was that article in Small Batch about the six types of cigar smoker. Yes, I did read that, yeah. <laughs> Which I thought was just absolutely fantastic. And it was just, it, it was funny because you, you're reading through it and you can start imagining all the people you know and then you start putting them into the categories and and I'm sure everybody was doing that. Yes. The, the question becomes, was, was there anything that was left off in the list? Could there have been a seventh or an eighth or, or whatnot? And where do you see the industry going? And, and this is for all of you guys. And where do you see the industry going in terms of what's going to be the most prevalent type of cigar smoker, let's just say five or ten years from? And versus what you think it is now. Well, I know, I know for me, I I think they did hit it right on the head for the most part with that the the types of you know the consumers. It was pretty much dead on from what what I see in my experience. Right. Uh, as to where it's the industry's going, what I see now, this may just be our shop again because we do really try to educate the consumer is that I see the tendency going away from the larger ring-gauge cigars. We sell a ton of Lanceros, Coronas, Corona Gordas. You know, we're just, the smaller sizes are really coming back. Mm-hmm. I'm hoping that goes industry-wide, but, you know, we are re- you know, we've gone from when I started here, you know, like three shelves of large ring-gauge cigars, and now we're down to maybe six boxes right yeah I, uh, I, I would I would agree to a certain extent I you know it is it is a little different depending on where you're at in the country right uh, one size that I'm certainly seeing that's making a, a big comeback is the Churchill hmm. I see that size picking up throughout the country and I don't know why that went away you and me both. Went down. Yeah. Yeah, I really, I really like that size. But I, yeah, I have seen that come back. Um, typically, with the bigger ring gauges, your six, 
look, you're going to have your huge mega ring gauge guys that only smoke 70s and stuff like that. Yep, I have but, one guy that all he'll buy is 880 Asylums and Asylum Ogres. Dang. That is it. Holy cow. And yeah, again, they're kept, they're kept downstairs, yep. <laughs> <laughs> you keep the Ogres locked up? Yes. But you're going to, your 60 guy, basically for a 60 guy, anywhere between 56 to 60 will satisfy that range of ring gauge cigar smoker. It doesn't necessarily have to be a 660. But your guy that smokes 70s or 80s and stuff, he's not messing around with anything less than 60 or maybe even 70, in my opinion. I, I tend to agree with you, yep. Holy cow. Well, one time what I did to him was I insisted that I give him a, uh, an Ogre Lancero, which I don't know if you guys have tried that, but the Asylum mm-hmm. Ogre Lancero is a great cigar. And uh, he smoked it, came back a couple weeks later and go, you know what? That was fantastic. I said, great, I'll get you one. He goes, no, just give me, you know, 10 of the 880s. (laughs) (laughs) It just, he loved it, but he just value-wise, you know, where the the Lancero is going to run you seven bucks, you know, for another couple dollars, he gets the 880s and he's getting three extra hours out of it, so... Well, you know, that again, that comes down to uh, cigar smokers versus the guy who smokes cigars. Mm-hmm. You know, we, we've Correct. discussed this time and time again, and, and that's, that's a great example of where the difference lies. Mm-hmm. Because a cigar smoker is always going to value taste and experience over length of time on a cigar. I mean, and I, I can see, too, that, you know, when you get the, when our lounge is full and, you know, you've got, you know, 12, 15 guys back there talking, watching TV. And right. it does, I mean, we've all been in the situation where if you're sitting there with a, you know, a, you know, $22, you know, HR Toro mm-hmm. and you're talking and like you said, with all the cigar smoke in there and, you know, the TV, you're not really paying as much attention to that cigar as you would like to. Sure. So, you know, a lot of guys will sit back there and, you know, they'll buy a seven, eight dollar cigar instead of the one that, but when they're by themselves or just one or two people, right? they'll smoke the, you know, the higher quality cigar. Mm-hmm. So it's interesting you bring that up because we, we've been talking about this amongst ourselves for, for at least a week or two now. And, you know, how much do you really get? Okay, so for example, when I was working retail, I typically gravitated towards more full cigars. And I found myself doing that because I felt like I could taste those better at the shop. And then when I wasn't smoking at the shop, I wasn't smoking those fuller body cigars. So do you think that being around all that smoke and depending on how good the ventilation system is or whatever... Are you really getting the most out of a great medium body, medium plus body cigar if you're smoking it a bunch of, amongst a bunch of people? Yeah, I mean, I, I tend to agree with you. The other thing that makes it hard within the retail end is you're always setting your cigar down, they go out. And, right. You know, we all know that depending on how long it's been sitting, if it go, completely goes out, it's never the same when you relight it. Yeah, right. But, uh, yeah, I, I agree that, you know, when you're around more, you know, more smoke, more people and things, it does. I find myself doing exactly the same thing. Yeah, it's weird how that how that happens. Uh, mm-hmm. and, and now I've gotten to the point where depending on where I'm at, it will dictate what I decide that's why when i'm smoking the patina i do it in the morning i'm here an hour every day before we open and that's when that's when i enjoy them (laughs) (laughs) when i can can contemplate yeah (laughs) yeah yep Uh, either that or i go with the uh the black label trading company royalty corona which is a great cigar Mm. oh yeah that one is good man and it's, it's, it's fascinating. Actually, um, Austin Black Label share a broker in the West, uh, and James is going to be traveling with him this week. 
Yeah, he just let me know a little bit ago he had just got to Managua to get his flight. Yeah, he's going to be in, uh, gonna be doing some events over in Arizona, and I think Arizona. So for yes. all you uh, BLTC fans uh, in Arizona, go out and uh, try to meet James Brown. Yeah, I know he's going to be out there at Ford on 5th one day for an yep. event. Yep, mm-hmm. Ford on 5th, Puro Cigar Bar, which... That I mean, Ford on Fifth is really cool vibe. Uh, Puro Cigar Bar. I don't even. That place is awesome. If you live in near Phoenix or Scottsdale and you haven't been there yet, you got to change that. That place is very very cool. Uh, what else we got, gentlemen? <laughs> Uh, one of your topics that you had suggested, I looked back through our chat and this took about forever, um, <laughs> was uh, what music do you like to listen to when you smoke? Ooh. Mo, did you have a particular that you were thinking of? Uh, no. You, you like to listen no, to, I, to I, the sound of FIFA. I did not. Huh? You like to listen to the sound of FIFA. Well, I... It's funny you bring that up because I definitely do have my FIFA cigars. Like if I'm playing video games, I'm not, you know, I'm not grabbing a year of the monkey or year of the dog or something like that, you know. So, and typically at that time I'll smoke a more full body cigar, if that makes sense, because I typically smoke a lot slower, so I'll grab something more full. But you're but you're also in there with some other people, right? So right. a lot more smoke and everything, too. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yep. I don't know if I really listen to music, not like to smoke a cigar. Mm-hmm. Yeah, usually yeah, if I'm good. doing it at home, I'm listening to cigar podcast like this one. <laughs> 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 well, I'm unfortunately, I'm sorry. Few and far between. <laughs> yes. One of five. <laughs> yeah. Um. Man, when I'm smoking a cigar, for some reason, blues music just feels right. I don't know why. I don't listen to blues any other time, except when I'm smoking a cigar. Really? Yeah, it's really weird. That's interesting. I just enjoy it. I like the combo. A little bourbon, a little blues, a little cigar. Life is good. <laughs> We're going to have to re-ask Dave this question. <laughs> He'll tell you it depends on the cigar. Yeah, he will. And then it impacts the flavor. and mm-hmm. Well, we got the spice box. <laughs> <laughs> we need some Dave again. I miss Dave. So uh, I got it's going to... Oh, go ahead, man. No, I was going to say, I got a question for you guys. Of this year's new releases, what have you guys found that yourself gravitating to more that you guys like? Hmm. And that's an awesome question. Sure is. Because there have been some, that's one of the problems with retail shops is, you know, there's such a, I mean, 20, 28 years I've been smoking cigars. There are better cigars out on the market now than there have been in the 28 years I've been doing it. Mm-hmm. Just a tons. I mean, you could just basically go to almost any company and pick out a great cigar. Almost any mm-hmm. company. Yeah, that's true. But trying to, you know, bring the new stuff in that you know is going to sell, what do, you, what do you take off the shelf? And you feel bad because you like the rep or you like the company owner, but it's just not moving as much as the new stuff will. Right. So uh-huh. I, I don't know. What have you guys found that you liked? And that's a damn good question. It is. I'm looking through the Half Wheel 2017 release list right now to come up with my answer for you here. <laughs> Um, huh. Mo, you actually definitely, you did some shop time this say, year, even. Oh, that's true. Did you bring some new stuff into a shop this year? What's that? Patina. Patina's my. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, obviously, I'm not going to say. Uh, I really like. Man, that's. That's tough. Did and I'm gonna sound like an asshole. Uh, <laughs> not not that that's ever stopped. No. Me, but yeah, it's just what you sound like, buddy. I don't want to sound like a uh, 
Year of the Dog was amazing. The Davidoff. That's not that surprising. Um, Chef's Edition was damn good. Yes. Um, wasn't huge on the, the Master Selections, although they were very good cigars. Uh, so I wouldn't put those up there. But those two from Davidoff. How about uh, the late hour? Uh, I only smoked one of them. Gotcha. And so I, I got to give it another chance. I liked it, but I didn't like it at its price. Uh, Wayfarer by Sereno is pretty darn good. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think I've had anything out of the La Corona factory I haven't liked. Yeah, they make, they make really good that. stuff. Uh, what else? I mean, what else came out? Uh, shit. Cal, what's the list, <laughs> man? So, so far, I'm, I'm like most of the way through the list, not all the way. Um, I got Patina on there. Um, I got the Davidoff 702 series. I really uh, like yeah. those cigars. Those are That's awesome right cigar. now. I forgot mm-hmm. those. I forgot about those. Those are good. Yeah, and for Davidoff, did you see that they, they're re-releasing some of their old stuff now? <coughs> yeah. Like the Year of the Snake and some of their other stuff? Yeah. yeah, yeah they, so that's uh, really cool. They, uh, it's like when last year when I sold my uh, Dojo Sarsaparillas <laughs> and then they automatically just found all of a sudden some. found some. Well, we lost these in the back storage closet. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so just to give um, you a little background, Vince, on that. Um, do you remember when Cigar Dojo did their first release of uh, cigars with Lazona? Yes. Um, so Drew and I bought a bunch, and I was just running out of room in my humidor. And uh, I was like, man, I got to start. I got to sell one of these or whatever. And so I gave him a buddy. And he put them on auction. So I was like, whatever they get, they get, you know. And they ended up fetching a ridiculous price, okay. And so this was auction. It wasn't like I put a price on them, you know. Right. And and when was this, last year? I think last year, yeah. Yeah, it was like last year when I was working at the shop. And uh, they get a ridiculous price. Three days later. Right? Was it three days later? I think so. It was short. Yeah, three or four. It was short. Yeah. Literally three or four days later, they come out and say, oh, Famous has more uh, <laughs> more Dojo Senseis for sale. I thought that was kind of funny. Hopefully you had already <laughs> gotten the payment. Yeah, no, I did. <laughs> yeah. yeah, but yeah, I'll never forget. That was crazy. Um <laughs> Yeah, so, so to round that list out, um, I, I would also say the Sereno Wayfarer, but we already talked mm-hmm. about that one. Um, I didn't re- realize that All Out Kings was this year. I actually like that cigar a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that one was good. I tell us there. Mm-hmm. I like that one. Um, and the, the Dunbarton Umbagog, that was a good yes. cigar. Ooh, we we I sell just a had ton that. of them. That was good, especially for the price. Great, great price. Yeah. Yes. Um, and then I would say my biggest disappointment this year was the CAO Fuma M. Corda, which just burned terribly for me every time I smoked it. Yeah, I, I mean, we sold out of our, you know, the ones we had fairly quickly, but I smoked one and I don't know what it was with the tobacco they used in the middle, but it it was almost like a, I pulled it out like halfway through because it was really not burning in the middle of the cigar. And it literally looked like a piece of rubber in the middle of the cigar. Oh, wow. Oof. I'd never seen anything like it. That's crazy. And if you look at the top of them, you know, you look at the head of the cigar. If you look in the ones you look at, you see like a little, it's like almost black. Mm-hmm. And it, in mine, the one I had was, it was solid all the way through. Uh-huh. I literally thought it was a piece of a, a bicycle tire, Dang. <laughs> but it was, and it came apart tobacco, but it was, yeah. Well, that's, that's delicious. It was not pleasant. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, so Vince, here's a similar question for you. Uh, we're about to see a, a bunch of top 10 and top 25 lists all come out, right? How much stock do you put in those? It, that's tough. I mean, I guess, it, I mean, since everybody's palate's subjective and 
we all, you know, some of the list we all seem to think has to do with advertising dollars. Uh, mm-hmm. But, I mean, one of the cigars that was, I'll just say it was in the top five last year, uh, could have been the top three or in the top two or maybe number two. Uh, we're, actually discon- <laughs> we're actually discontinuing. Oh. Because it just didn't sell. Mm-hmm. You know, no repeat you know, maybe one or two people coming back for a second cigar. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it depends, you know. I don't put a lot of stock into the, and uh, probably ruffle a few feathers here, but, you know, I taste notes of blueberry muffin top. You know, not the muffin <laughs> itself, but the crumbs that fall to the bottom of the bag. Uh, right. That's the and, best part. Uh, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but yeah, I, I honestly would if I was compiling a list, I'd have a hard time with the top ten because there's some great cigars that came out. Yeah, you know, there's some cigars, and a lot of them seem to the list seem to go to the. I don't know if you guys noticed that, but especially the the bloggers and things, their lists go to the, you know, the medium plus. Everything on there is, you know, fairly strong. Mm-hmm. Yep. But, I mean, one of the better cigars I've had this year that was a milder cigar, but I thought it was great, was the um, Southern Draw Rose of Sharon. Mm-hmm. You know, made at AJ's Factory. I thought for a mild cigar, it was a great cigar. Mm. But I doubt you'll see that on any list. Yeah, typically they're, they're full of the medium-full type stuff. You know, it's funny. Um, everybody says they like strong cigars. And then uh, when they actually start to switch it up, you start to see them gravitate towards, you know, a fuller flavor, but not necessarily all that strength, which is kind of interesting. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's just whatever. <laughs> uh, man, I'm trying to think, man. What, what else was this year? Well, you had the hit and run. Mm-hmm. With Caldwell mm-hmm. and Booth, you had the uh, the tea that came out last month. Wise that's Manager. a cigar. That's a cigar, Drew. I think you would really like. Yeah, that's what you're yeah, saying. Man. We've been yeah, selling think- a ton of them, along I- with Nick Melillo's Wise Man Maduro, mm-hmm. you know, the Southern Draw Jacobs Ladder. Heard real good things about that cigar. Cigars. I haven't seen anybody with a tea around here yet, and then. The Wise Man Maduro, I actually just picked one up, but I haven't smoked it yet. Yeah, they're both very good cigars. Those those actually I, just started to roll out here in the last two weeks or so. Mm-hmm. I would have to say that most of the stuff I smoke on a regular basis is not new. Yeah, I and I don't say. know if, like, say, with black labels, you know, their yearly limited releases, them things are really good, and they sell like bananas. I mean, within, I mean, some of them we're out of within the day that they're released. Yeah, I can get fifty box allotment, and they're gone that day. Got to be a good day. Yeah. <laughs> hey, look what they did with their release with Underground that they do the uh, the catacomb. Mm-hmm. 200 boxes sold out in four minutes and 40 seconds. Holy crap. That's crazy. And how many pissed off people that they missed it by three minutes? Yes, <laughs> I was I was one of them. 12.07, sure. they were already gone. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, keep your eyes open. We have a, uh, I guess I can say this now since it's already made, we have a project with James that'll be out in, toward probably the end of March, middle of February by the time they age. That's I, uh, awesome. My uh, boss here, the owner of the shop, had a predicate brand that they actually used to have in shops, uh, I guess about 35 or 40 shops back in 2006 to 2008, uh, then sort of died out. And when I said to him, you know, what are you going to do with this? I said, this was before the FDA moved the, the date to 2021. I said, you've got five blends, 20 sizes. That are just, you're just not doing anything with. So sort of behind his back, I contacted James, and we resurrected the brand. <laughs> wow. uh, some really cool artwork and really, really good, medium-bodied, very complex cigar. 
So I'm looking forward to it. Awesome. M- Mo, Moo Cow. <laughs> you got anything? I don't know, Drew. What, what have you smoked recently? That man, I just had. Uh, I just had the uh, had uh, David off today. Pure de Oro. Yeah, but that's old. It is old. It's not new, but it was good. Um, what was the the uh, oh the one cow just mentioned? I just picked it up. Uh, what a week or two ago. Hang on. Yes, that one. That it's was gotta be right in your wheelhouse. That was really yeah, good, oh yeah. especially for uh, for the price. Mm-hmm. Um, I had Fratella's new one, which I wasn't impressed with. I'll say that. Uh, the one they named after the space shuttles or whatever. Yeah, the Nevada. Yeah, yeah, that one. Mm-hmm. It was yeah. good. I just wasn't super impressed with it. Some all their other stuff has been fantastic. Yeah, and that's a, that's a brand too that we. I mean, Omar is one of the nicest guys you're ever going to meet. Just full of energy, yep. really believes in his brand, and I think they're really good cigars. They just at this shop just don't move as fast as they do at other shops, which I really feel bad for because he's a great guy. Yeah, legit. Drew, are you going to make Vince pick his top three cigars and play that game? We sh- it's been a while. It has. We, we should bring that back. It's been like a year or something. <laughs> oh, and another new release that I thought was really good. I don't know how many of you guys have had. It was uh, Steve Saka's Nakatamali. Hmm. I didn't have it yet. I haven't yet. Yeah, it's yeah, almost. Right? Yes, we are almost out. But yeah, it was. I thought it was a... Really good full-bodied cigar. Vince, are you smoking something tonight? I just finished a uh, Sultans of Smoke Max Press Toro. Wow. Holy yeah. shit. I haven't <laughs> had one of those forever. <laughs> <laughs> Could have had them while you were here. I can send you some. Yeah, I know. Yeah. <laughs> it was funny. Well, today, uh, you guys know Corey. Uh, mm-hmm. what, man, he changed his, uh, he used, he changed his uh, screen name. What did he used to be? Anyway, he's on Cigar Noise. Um, Corey posted a haul that he got of a bunch of Max Press and one Legacy. From and me, I said, yes. Oh, it was from you? <laughs> yes. That's great. Cause, cause <laughs> I said to him, I'm like, I think you have more than me now. But I, I think I have a box of each at home. And he wants to know how them Blackhawks are doing, Mo. Oh, come on, man. <laughs> uh, <laughs> you got you figured out, son. Hey. Cow, you got that. Uh, you got the same laugh as the guy from Devil Dogs, or not Devil, whatever that movie was with uh, Jonah Hill and when they were the Gun Runners. Oh yeah, you guys ever see that movie? War, War Dogs. No, I have no idea. Yeah. I just, I just saw that. Yeah, that's that's Cow's laugh. <laughs> <laughs> it's a cigar smoking cracker. There you go. Yeah. Yep, I was just talking to him before we started the podcast. He was he was excited to hear uh, hear Vince on tonight. Oh, Vince is the best. Nah, I don't know about that. Just a, some schlub that loves cigars. So oh, Vince, you're up there. Vince, what was your uh, what was your new release this year that you liked? Well, I did love, uh, being dead honest, I did love the two Patina releases, the Connecticut and Habana. I thought they were really, really just top-notch cigars. Thank you, sir. Um, I mean, there's been a bunch. Uh, I really liked the tea. Uh, thought the uh, hit-and-run was really good. Uh, All Out Kings is good. I'd like the other two better, but the All Out Kings is good. The La Opulencia from my father's, I thought was really good. Uh, I mean, trying to walk around the store because I'm still at the shop taking a look at, you know, some of the new releases. I thought AJ did a great job with the H. Upman that he reblended. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's been really, really popular. 
I don't know. If I was going to pick the ones that I like the best of the new releases, that would probably be them. Awesome, man. That's a good God. Man, I, uh, I can't. Th- yeah, dude, I, I, I just keep thinking. I'm like, man, I'm thinking about what I smoke, like when I'm not smoking patina or mombacho, and I'm like, everything I smoke is old or has been out for a while. Yeah. That's what I always go back to, though. Yeah, me too. Yeah. Kyle, how is that new? Um, you said you had high hopes for your your uh, revitalized retail shop near you. How's that coming along? Oh, it's coming pretty well. I actually went to an event there the other day. They had a, a diamond crown event. A diamond okay. crown event. Sorry. Um, it went really well. They packed them in. They had mm-hmm. people over for a football game. Like they're. They're filling the lounge now, which they mm-hmm. did not do before. Now, which is there a membership involved? Or? I don't pay a membership, no. You can okay. get a locker, but, <laughs> I mean, Cal's I don't special. do that. He's one of those cheap guys. He's VIP. <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm just excited that there's a lounge here that's open late. Later now, at least, that mm-hmm. isn't a crap dive bar. How, how close is it to you? It's like 15 minutes. Oh, that's real oh, nice. nice. It's not bad. So, yeah, the, the tasting room in Monona, Wisconsin, is uh, they're on the rise. So, props to them. Good stuff. It's always yeah. good to see, uh, um, you know, you hear about all the stories. Everyone's always so quick to say what they don't like about a retail shop. It's great when you hear people talk about how much they do like one, you know? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, that's, always, that's always a lot more fun to listen to. Because, mm-hmm. I mean, I can complain all day about all kinds of stuff, but in the end, nobody cares. Um, True. It's, it's <laughs> what's, what's the good you can offer the world? That's what people want to know. Yeah. Oh. Uh, Vince, do you, uh, you guys' shop have a December event or anything coming up? We have, uh, let's see here, December, we've got an Altadas event uh, on the 22nd, right before Christmas, and it's tough here to schedule bigger events in the northeast part of the country, well, a lot of part of the country during the winter, uh, because you never know if you're going to get snow, ice, you know, frigid cold, Mm -hmm. so we sort of, you know, stay away from them, you know, bigger events during the winter. But, you know, we usually have, you know, during spring, summer, we try to get at least one, sometimes two Romacraft events in, two with Black Label, you know, two with Drew Estate, two with my father, Caldwell. It's always fun having Miguel here with one of the lines he represents. <laughs> Miguel. Yeah. What a guy. Guy's just been doing it a year, man, and he's really killing it. I mean, yeah, he, he is. Been, he is fantastic. <laughs> Yeah, he's he's good stuff. But yeah, hopefully we can get a Mumbacho event, and uh, you know, the team that'd be out. awesome. That would be awesome. Actually, I'm gonna be out by you in a couple of weeks. I think I think we're planning on stopping by at least to say hi. Nice, that would be great. Um, we're gonna be uh, have have an event in case we don't podcast again before then, uh, which is <laughs> unfortunately a good chance. <laughs> yeah, you got a, you got about a year. Yeah, so uh, December 20th, I'll be out at uh, Smoking Dog in New Jersey. That's the shop I was just at Saturday. Really? No awesome. kidding. Yeah, Great. so I'll be there uh, Be there December 20th. We're doing a Mombacho Patina. Nice, night, nice. So. Great people. Absolutely fantastic yeah. people. Yeah, that, uh, I, I have a lot of fun making fun of Lewis. Yes, I uh, did too. <laughs> and he gives it right back which makes oh it yes fun. he does uh I, you know I'm, I'm not a big fan of jim selfies and uh he, he likes to take them a lot so <laughs> him and his hairy ass chest yeah he's a he's a good young guy though man he's really uh, he's great yeah. he's, he loves the industry he loves yes, cigars he does you know and and when you have i guess one thing you got to realize and why people like Vince are gold and, and guys like Lewis and guys like, um, you know, uh, 
that that run their shops with passion. You could feel it when you walk in, you know, uh, and you know Costa. Costa's the same way. I was going to say, don't, don't and, forget Eli. Yeah, and Eli learned under you. You know, that was like your protege. Now he's Costa's protege, whatnot, you know. And so you have like just when, when you walk into a shop and you have these people that, that they exude the passion, you feel it. It changes your experience within that shop. I'm a big believer in that. Versus when you walk in and they're like, there's the humidor, knock yourself out. It's a big yeah, difference. I, yeah, I had that experience last month. I left the shop and left my, uh, I was a certain cigar, a new release that I wanted to smoke that night when I had a chance and stopped at a shop on the way home. And I mean, it was bad enough that the guy didn't know anything about cigars, <laughs> but he just sat talking on his phone the whole time over there and it was just I mean you can tell by the you know when you walk in the humidor and it's you know full of you know big brand name cigars and you know Swisher sweets and stuff on the counter and things and I was like <laughs> eh, you know what I'll just let's go without the cigar tonight I'll smoke something I have in my humidor at home yeah <laughs> yeah it's like I mean you walk into a shop and the dude looks like he doesn't feel like being there why would I want to be there you know, yeah, I mean, I love coming to work. I mean, this isn't yeah. a job. It really isn't. Right. You know, I spent years and years and years working at a, you know, I mean, we've all done it working somewhere. We wish we weren't, but we did it for the yep. money and for the family. Still doing it. Yeah. But I mean, I just, <laughs> I just love, just love coming to work. Yep. You know, it, it's fantastic. And uh, I mean, I've worked through. In uh, February of 2015, I slipped on ice outside while carrying something, fell, hit the steps, knocked myself out, fractured my skull, ended up with a severe concussion, didn't miss a minute of work. Dang. Got up, brushed myself off. Luckily, there were some people here, my boss, and Mm -hmm. uh, you know, they were like, we got to get to the hospital. It looks like you have a burrito (laughs) strapped to the side of your head. I'm like, I'm fine. Got to finish. (laughs) <laughs> but finally went to the hospital five days later Oof. the drew estate rep came in the next day and uh he's like you okay he goes you're staring in like four different directions at the same time <laughs> I'm like well no but you know had to come to work yeah <laughs> that's that's commitment oh i'm blessed that i've got a you know the guy brian that owns the shop's just a fantastic guy good and he just really is just gives me free reign to do whatever I think is best for the shop. And that, that really motivates you to try to do a good job. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. You empower the people that, that work there. They're going to pay you back. Usually. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, he wasn't too happy in February when he got a $56,000 credit card bill, but Hey, what are you going to uh, do? You know, shit, shit happens. <laughs> you have to have stock, you know? Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. You know, one brand that was left off of all of your lists uh, was my father. So, you know, a lot of people, there are some people that are saying that Lau Palencia has a good chance of potentially being Cigar of the Year. Um, what, have you, what are your guys' thoughts on, I just thought that it was interesting that that, you know, them and Tatawahe were left off. And, and usually that, those at least get thrown in the mix. Uh, my father, I mean, I, I love the cigars. I love the company. I was fortunate enough on a retailer trip in February, uh, which I went with the guys from uh, Cigar Mojo, which isn't too far from here that we're oh, friends with. Great guys. And uh, awesome Dave guy. and Dave Mayer and uh, Dan, who uh, have the Wooden Indian Shop in Haverford. Another and, great uh, group of guys. Of town. Great. And I was on a trip with them and... Uh, we were fortunate enough with the My Father retailer trip that Fatine was there for four days with us. Nice. Oh, wow. So just to see how him and his wife just cared for their employees. And it was really, it was, it was eye-opening, you know, and mm-hmm. uh, it's definitely a company that I enjoy supporting. Yep. Mo, what are you doing? Huh? What He's you, working out. What are you doing? Yeah. Yeah, I'm kicking it, man. Sorry, I'm in the wind. (laughs) (laughs) City, baby. (laughs) (laughs) 
about to get mauled by his paparazzi. By what? Your paparazzi. Yeah. Yeah, right, dude. I, I walk into shops, people are like, who the hell's Mombacho? Like, Who's Patina? <laughs> <laughs> Me. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it, 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 man, you know, it's funny. Walk into this, this shop one time, and, you know, there are certain people uh, you know that if you were, you were somebody of consequence, they would treat you way differently. But it, it is it is interesting uh, to see to see the shift in how people look at you, how they view you. Uh, my my advice to everybody is uh, always be nice because you never know who's gonna you know maybe one day you're gonna wish you were nice to them. So always keep that in mind. That's life advice. Thanks, Mo. <laughs> life advice with Mo. Yeah. <laughs> you know. Fireside chat. Yeah, that's right. So, Vince, let's wrap it up, man. Three people that you wish you could smoke with, dead or alive, who would they be and why? <sighs> hmm. That's a tough one. Well, I think the first one I would have to say would be my father, who passed away in January 2011. Mm-hmm. Uh, what would you smoke di- with him? Uh, well, since he wasn't too much of a cigar smoker, I'd have to, we'd have a Patina Connecticut. That nice and, <laughs> nice and nice. mild, lots of flavor, something you could sit and contemplate and enjoy. Nice. And prob- second one, probably, I mean, I'd probably sound a little mushy here, but second would probably be my grandfather, my mother's father. Mm-hmm. Uh, he died when I was 15. He was the only grandparent that I was ever uh, fortunate to meet. They, the rest mm-hmm. of them were, were deceased before I was born. So right. what happens when you come from huge uh, Irish, German, Catholic families that have 16, you know, 11 yep. kids, but that's, you know, uh, my mother was one of 11. She was the youngest and my father was, yeah. uh, you know, one of 16 and he was the third youngest. And, uh, so, but yeah, my grandfather smoked cigars when, you know, before he came over from Ireland and when he got here Mm -hmm. and then he smoked pipes all the time growing up, but we just love to sit with him and talk and, you know, that get back some of the time that you didn't have, that you didn't pay attention to him when you were a kid because you were too busy playing sports. Right. And I guess the third, I don't know. That's, that's a tough one. It'd probably be, you know, somebody like JFK or mm-hmm. sit with Jonathan Drew and ask him why I'm the only one in the room smoking a cigar. Best laugh ever. Cal, can I make that ring my can I make that my ringtone? You should. Only if you want to get turned on every time your phone rings. Wow. <laughs> yeah, I can do that. There you go. <laughs> Best laugh ever. Well, um, Vince, uh, you want to give out your shop info if people want to get a hold of you? Sure. Uh, we're B&B Cigars. Uh, it used to be B&B Cigars and Winery. We used to sell a locally Pennsylvania-produced wine, but unfortunately they sold out to a residential developer two years ago. And uh, but yeah, it's B and B Cigars, seventy nine twenty Germantown Avenue, in the lovely Chestnut Hill section of Philadelphia. Uh, phone number is two one five two four two six seven seven six. Website is bnbcigars.com. And uh, yeah, we ship stuff everywhere. And anybody who's a fan of the Sultans of Smoke cigars, we've got I think four boxes of Max Press Toro left. And some singles, and I think four or five boxes of the Legacy Robusto. Nice. But, uh, nice. Yeah, it's one of the ones, if they use the code SULTANS uh, at checkout, they get an extra 15% off a box, which, since we do a 10% box discount anyway, it ends up being 25%. Wow. Wow. And I, and I can tell you that I'm pretty sure you're the last retailer that has any of those left. Yeah. I've been yep. hoarding them. <laughs> I, only, I only sell them to people that I know will appreciate them. Mm-hmm. Awesome, man. We That's appreciate awesome. that. 
Well, we want to thank you for coming on. and. Uh, oh, no problem. Thanks for uh, having me and putting up with me. Well, I was, <laughs> was going to say the same about us, but. <laughs> yeah. Well, you should don't worry about it, Drew. You don't talk much. Exactly. Uh, well, this will be one last podcast you have to listen to. Right. <laughs> right. Please, please do listen to it. It's going to drop we listenership. Need, yeah, we need, we need the numbers. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Just hit play. Leave the headphones on the counter. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, well, but I'm looking forward to you guys having Miguel on. Miguel is uh, <laughs> he's just a, he's a hustler, man. He's Oh yeah. And what he's done to build his business in the year is just it's incredible. Yeah. We'll have to see what we can yeah. set up. Yeah, I will uh, I'll reach out to Miguel and, and see when one works for him because <laughs> he's going to be a treat. I'll put it that way. but i mean he really is i mean represents a lot of lines you know lives in new york but yet i think i see and talk to him more than i talk to my wife (laughs) (laughs) i mean he is really attentive he is he's just fantastic yeah he he did it a little bit differently he was not although he took on quite a few lines he kept them in a small geographic area which allows him to do that yes you know with, with everything being so close to you know in that cluster of philly new jersey new york he's able to service his his customers much better because they are within <clears throat> you know within a, a service like an, a, an easier area versus if he was covering a much broader territory Well, let us know, Mo. Will do. Uh, I guess thanks for coming on, guys. Cal. Yep. Mo, Vince. It's been a pleasure. Thank you, guys. Well, uh, no problem. Thanks, guys. I do appreciate the opportunity. No problem, man. That, Merry Christmas. Happy New Year. Thank you for listening to the Salt and Smoke Cigar Cast. Be sure to check us out on all the social media platforms, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. Uh, email us either about the podcast or about our cigar line at the salt and the smoke at gmail.com. Also, uh, if you want any salt and smoke gear, please get onto our website and to our online store. We have shirts and hats. If you're looking for anything else, please let us know and we'll get it up there for you. Thanks guys. We'll uh, talk to you again next week. <laughs>